I always thought that four to five kids was that threshold from regular size family into a big family. Yeah, all of our friends are just going to think that we're those weird people with a lot of kids. Welcome back to Whatever is True Podcast. I am Bethany here with my husband, Jake. Hey, everybody. And we are back for our summer mini series entitled God and Gender. Yes, we are so excited about this mini series. We are kicking it off today with our first episode titled The War on Gender. And then we will be doing the male role and the female role. And then we have a very special interview for our last episode. But before we get into this episode, we have some exciting news. In case you guys haven't seen over on Instagram or Facebook, we found out this spring that we are expecting our fifth baby at Christmas time, actually. So if you recall, when we closed out season one, We said we were coming back with some very special announcements. Well, there's a little bit of a story there. We were supposed to be coming back with different announcements. And we found out about the baby just as we were wrapping up our season. But our announcements were supposed to be about a new website launching and about some product. All of that got put on hold due to baby number five. And we are still working on it, but it has just been very slow going because I dealt with a lot of exhaustion and fatigue through the first trimester. Um, Thankfully, I felt good overall, but I was just really tired. And we do a lot of our podcasting and whatever is true work in the evenings. And I just couldn't function. I couldn't do it. So... um. We still have this announcement to give you guys. And and this is a way better announcement. It is a wonderful announcement. Um, And we will still have those other announcements for you guys, hopefully later on this summer. Don't worry. It will be worth the wait. We are really, really excited for what is coming, for whatever is true. But let's hop into this first episode of the miniseries. So we are using the scripture from Genesis 1 verse 27 kind of as our basis for this episode and for this series. It says, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. So obviously, we're all aware that it is June. It is Pride Month. We've been talking about this. We've been seeing it literally everywhere. It's probably on your television screen. If you have a smart TV, it's in the aisles as you're walking through stores. It's coming in the mail. It's really impossible to to get away from. Yeah, it's crazy. I was in my app section and an app changed its logo to have the rainbow in it. Like I didn't update or anything like that. It just changed automatically. Yeah, exactly. And I think that we need to realize that this is the new June. Like this is what we can come to expect every single June from here on out. And 
while it can be very frustrating and we want to like shelter our kids from it and everything, I think it's really important instead that we begin to learn how to live with this month and how to handle it as Christians and to love people with other views while standing strong in the truth of God's word. And we can stand firm in the truth of God's word only if we know it. So that's why we have this whole series and why we want to talk about the Bible's view on gender and why it's so important that there are, first off, only two genders, but second off, that they were created to go hand in hand with each other and not in the way that the world is really pushing right now as far as homosexuality. So Genesis 2 verse 18 says, Then the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. And we know that that helper is Eve. It was a woman. Adam was a man. Eve was a woman. And right there, the very beginning of the Bible, we see what God had orchestrated and designed a man and a woman to be together. He intentionally chose two genders. And so we want to talk about why. We have three very specific reasons that we're going to touch on today. And the first one is the call to be separate. So we came across this article from Focus on the Family. We will link it in the show notes. It's just a really great article talking about creation and gender from the beginning. So in the creation account, we see that as God is creating, there is a lot of separation and separating the the sky from the land, the seasons from the, the plants. And then you have animals being separated from humans. And then there's a whole other separation in humans and in animals of gender. We have male and female. But the difference in humans is that humans bear the image of God. And part of the way that we do that is through our gender. At the end of the article, it says, it is out of the diversity and distinctive separateness of male and female that we humans are called to not only reflect the image and likeness of God, but we also represent God in the stewardship of his good and wonderful creation. The next reason that we want to talk about about two genders is reproduction. God made it so it only works with a male and a female. That is, we see that across the board, every kind of animal, male and female. Now, some people will say, well, what about asexual reproduction? Which, yes, God created some animals to be able to reproduce asexually. Starfish reproduce asexually by, if a limb is cut off, that limb will then become an identical offspring of the original starfish. And then there's also animals that can change the sex. Clownfish will actually, when the uh, head female fish dies, the next male in command of this school will then change its gender to female and lead the school of fish. However, this is very, very rare. Like, well... And I think it should be noted that that's a very natural thing for that fish. Like, it's how it was created. Um, And it's not being a male and a female at the same time. It's not going through intensive surgery and mental hardships. Like, that's literally how it was created. 
Exactly. So God created it with a specific purpose. But if you look at the grand scheme of how many fish there are in the ocean, the amount that will change their sex or uh, reproduce asexually, it's so minuscule too. And like Bethany said, we see the design from God. It is not man, you know, taking these fish out of the water, giving them a sex change, and then putting them back in the water. In Genesis chapter 8, we see after the flood, Noah and his family leave the ark, and God commands Noah and his family and all the animals to be fruitful and multiply. So, we look at the ark and we see that God saved one of each gender, right? Noah gathered the animals two by two, as we learned in Sunday school as we were kids. But that was to ensure that creation could continue. God brought a male and a female so that these animals could survive, their species could survive. And it's just amazing to see that throughout all species, there is a male and a female intelligently designed to reproduce and bring new life to the earth. And when we humans reproduce, we create new image bearers of Christ. And that brings us to our third reason, which is marriage reflects Christ and the church. Now, you guys know that we really like this topic so much that we've devoted two whole episodes to them, um, the submissive wife and the loving husband. Yeah, we really dug in in those episodes about how each of us reflect Christ and the church, the relationship to the church, because men are called to love our wives as Christ loved the church, willing to die for them and sacrifice for them. And then women are called to submit to their husbands like Christ submitted to God in going to the cross. And how we as Christians submit to Christ. Also, just to add to this, I find it interesting that when you come in contact with people who are going to argue you on the topic of homosexuality in the Bible, they want to lead you to very specific verses. And you can argue homosexuality, you know, with the with the law and with verses also in the New Testament. But if you actually just look at the Bible as a whole and you read through all of the stories and you go through creation like we were just talking about, you are only going to find couples and marriage paired up as a male and a female. And then just like that last point that you shared there about Christ in the church, that we're only talking about a husband and wife reflecting that. We're not talking about a friendship between two guys or two women. Like it is only a marriage and it is only a marriage of a man and a woman because that is all that God views as an acceptable marriage. Like that is the only way that he sees marriage is if a man and a woman get married. And so this has just become my response whenever I end up like in conversations with people who have opposing views is just open up the Bible and look to see like what is God actually putting in place from the Old Testament into the New Testament. 
Yeah. And, you know, as Christians, especially, we are called to be like Christ. And Christ is our perfect example in everything. And when we see the church being talked about as the bride of Christ, it's always the feminine. He is coming to her. So, it's a he and a her. It's not Christ is coming to the church in the masculine sense. It is a bride of Christ. Yeah, absolutely. And those are some key differences. And we have key differences between you and I as male and female. And we're going to get into this way deeper in the next two episodes. Like we have two episodes completely devoted to the man's role and then to the woman's role. But just because we're talking about gender today, we do want to share a couple of those differences in this episode. But just hang tight for next week. And this is a little teaser of what's to come, I guess. Yeah. With broad strokes, I'll just go over the main differences. The differences are physical, emotional, and mental. Physically, males typically have proportionately more muscle mass, more bone mass than women. It's just the way God designed us. I, I know we keep saying God designed, God designed, but it, that that is the fact. We are designed differently. And like Bethany said, we will go into greater detail in the next episodes. Emotionally, we're different. Women are more likely to express happiness, warmth, and fear, whereas men will display more anger, pride, and contempt. That makes us sound a lot nicer there than you guys. (laughs) You absolutely are. I mean, women are called the fairer sex for a reason. Mentally, there are differences in the way our brains process language, information, emotion, and much more. And Bethany and I can attest to this. The way we communicate sometimes, we do not understand each other whatsoever. Yeah, I can attest to that. (laughs) So this brings us to our main point here, and that is, why is this so important to understand? And that is because there is a war on gender. If you really think about it, Satan's goal is to attack God's structure. Satan is everything God is not. He is opposed to God. He is opposed to truth and light and love. And he uses those that don't believe in God and is trying to push homosexuality right now to the forefront, which then distorts God's perfect plan of these two genders of how marriage was intended to be. Let's take a look at a couple of scriptures here. The first one I want to bring up is Ephesians chapter 5, verse 11. It says, Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. And then Genesis 3, 1 through 5 says, Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God actually say, you shall not eat of any tree in the garden. And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden. But God said, You shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden. Neither shall you touch it, lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die. For God knows that when you eat of it, 
your eyes will be opened and you will be like God. And then in John chapter 8, verse 44, it talks about how Satan is the father of lies. So we have these scripture verses here just to talk about what the character of Satan is and how we as Christians are to take no part in anything that is a work of darkness. But what I really want to talk about here is that John 8, 44 passage that talks about Satan being the father of lies. And what is homosexuality? It is a lie. It is completely full of lies. It's a lie that, number one, it's right for anyone. It's a lie that it will fulfill you. And it is a lie that God is okay with it. We know as Christians that Christ is the one who fulfills our needs and gives us our identity in him. But this whole idea of not even just homosexuality, but transgenderism and switching our genders here and that we actually have the capacity to be able to do that. Our world is buying into this lie right now. And Satan is the one like we know that he prowls around like a lion looking for those that he can devour. And, you know, if we just open our eyes and look around, we can see so many people believing these lies. And we're not even just talking about the people who are living a homosexual lifestyle. We're talking about all of these people who are supporting them and they're doing it in the name of love. And they're saying, we accept them. We love them. We support them. We want them to feel safe. Now, of course, we also love these people but we love in the biblical sense. And that is calling out the truth and calling these people to walk away from a sinful lifestyle and a lifestyle that we know cannot fulfill them because that is not how God intended it to be. God chose a man and a woman. We talked about how that is the only way that you can actually reproduce, that that is the way that throughout the whole Bible we see marriage. And yet there's people who are believing that they can be fulfilled, that they can find their identity in a different lifestyle. And it's just really sad to me because there's so much hurt in in these people that they need to deal with. And we know that God is the only one who can fulfill that. Yeah, absolutely. And that brings us right into our next topic. Like, what is the Christian's role in this? And as Christians, like Bethany just said, we need to show that these people love. We need to show the LGBTQ plus community love, but we need to show them Christ's love. We need to speak truth when given the opportunity in love. We don't want to just be, you're a sinner, turn or burn. You don't want that. You want you want to build that relationship with people. Um, We see that is how Jesus spoke to so many people in the New Testament was just being their friend and he acknowledged their sin. He didn't accept their sin. He called out their sin, but he called them to live in truth, to live the way that the Bible commands. Absolutely. And also, as Christians, we need to have conversations with other Christians about this topic. We need to be aware of what's going on in different churches. There's a lot of progressive Christianity out there. 
of people that will say, no, God is non-binary or God is queer or the Bible is queer. There's a lot of churches, and I use that name loosely, but there are a lot of churches out there that are accepting this, and we shouldn't. As Christians, we need to be on guard. Like it says in 1 Corinthians 16, 13, be on your guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong. I love that verse so much. Like as Christians, we just need to recognize not only the blurred lines of gender right now, but also the significance of God's design. Like that's why we have this as our topic for today and why we really wanted to come here and do this podcast. Uh, you know, we ought to work to speak truth into the world about gender's importance because right now, like, it's just becoming this like hodgepodge of like, it doesn't even matter. Like, you take this, I'll take this. And we have completely lost how important and how beautiful it is to have a man and a woman and for those people to you know, learn their roles and to fulfill their roles the way that God wants them. We found a great quote in the Enduring Word commentary that sums this up nicely. It says, it is vain to wonder if a man or a woman are superior to the other. A man is absolutely superior at being a man. A woman is absolutely superior at being a woman. But when a man tries to be a woman or a woman be, tries to be, be a man, you have something inferior. And we're going to finish up on that note. Uh, please don't forget to share this podcast. Leave us a review on Apple Podcast or wherever you listen to this podcast if they allow you to do it. We are also over on Instagram. Bethany is at Waves and Lilacs. I am at Jake Off Script. And the podcast is Whatever is True Co. See you next week. Mm-hmm.